Hola. Jumbo. Tudo bem? Bra, what is Jumbo? What is Swahili? Oh. How does it you know I think Jumbo is welcome in Swahili? Oh. Anyway, I oh. don't know. How do you answer in, in, in answer that? What hola, hola, tudo bem, bien, I think. Bien. But bien is Spanish, right? Mm. But Portuguese and Spanish are in Devil and Zulu. Sava bien. French, no? And you say como estas, then you say, no, that's not French. Como estas. No, but bien. Sava bien. Bien means fine. Mm. Jumbo like, is what? It is a greeting. Uh, and then a uh, uh, Do you know what what language that is? Ghana. It's uh, not Ghana. It's Ga. Is it or Ga or is it Twi? Or Twi. One of the two. Aquaba. Welcome. Mm, yeah. I like it. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Anyway, anyway, uh, welcome to Girls Guys podcast with me, Natasha. I sometimes go by Nat. Yes, Nat, not to be mistaken for Natalie. Oh, a lot of people. Hmm? Who called you Natalie? No, a lot of people just would be like, oh, Natalie, like they assume because it's Nat. But for some reason, I never uh, correct them. Why? You like Natalie? I don't. I don't mind the name. Like it's a beautiful name, but um, I always think to myself, it depends. If it's important, I will say no. It's it's Natasha. If it's not, I'll leave it because because I think, what if one day I need to deny? But <laughs> no, actually, Natalie, me, no, never. Yeah. So that what if one day I need to deny? That makes sense. That's a good plan, actually. Mm-hmm. So I just leave people to be like Natalie because best Nasty. believe I'll be like, I am not Natalie. I don't know who this person is. Natasha. That's a so, good one. Natalie did what? Natalie said what? No, it, it wasn't. No. But Natalie needs to be stopped. We're busy wilding. Yeah. So I, I live, I, I, if, if I care enough about this, I'm like, no, it's Natasha. But if not, I'm like, Natalie, okay. So, guys, what thing is on us? The sins that you've committed as Natalie. None yet, but I just I'm like, hmm, let me not correct people. Mm. It's just like it's I'll say this in there. It's just like I want to wear a utility bill when they get your name wrong. Oh, because why? Let me not be sharing my my <laughs> oh, I don't know if the water company knows that Natasha, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> You. I, uh, no, I'm joking. Allegedly. Allegedly. Hmm? Disclaimers being thrown around. 
Or another thing, do you know, Guti, if um, in England, I don't know about other parts of the UK, if you are parked in a private parking lot, um, so for example, say like apartments and which have like basement parking or whatever, and, and you don't have a permit, anywhere where you're parked, um, that doesn't belong to the local authority, to the council. If you get a ticket. Really? I mean. That doesn't make sense to me. That's why like in some spaces they'll be like, oh, we'll, we'll what do they call it when they put the thing clamp. in? Huh? Clamp the clamp. car. But if they put a ticket, Sounds like you're talking from experience. It's it's not it's like enforceable. It sounds like you know exactly what you're talking about. It's not enforceable. A private a private parking company, a mm. private car park company, if they mm. issue you. Really? Now we know. But people get scared by the letters. Yeah. Although you know, when you now know you can just return, and they'll they'll stop because they better to take it to court, but they need to do it. And it costs money to go to play. <laughs> what other illegal activity have you been up to, Natasha? <laughs> hmm? Clearly, the it, it tames water is not always in luck. No, it I don't. No, no, but the thing is, a law abiding citizen. No, the thing is, with the ticket, is what they'll try and then do is every day they'll come and issue you a ticket until they have five tickets because when they've now issued you five tickets they can clamp and it's now oh, a pounds then they take your car that's how they get the money that's yeah and that's why like as long as they identify your car they'll keep coming until they clamp the car mm. um but if you get one but you just get a parking permit, please. It, this is not oh me I'm talking about. I have okay. a I can have, the person who's can the person who is parking on private property just get a, a, a parking permit? Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying like sometimes you have the one day mm. they you know, so they can't do anything to okay, 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 no, 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 no. I'm not <laughs> people astray. No, because people get scared, and so then they will they will pay because the, the letters are quite scary. But okay, silence is golden. We are not ad we are not advocating. Oh no 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 we oh gosh no 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 of of course of course pay your water bill, people. Make sure your name is on it. Yes, yes. Yes. And don't and pay get your parking permit sorted in time. Make but make sure if you're parked where there's a local authority, don't mess with those people because they'll take you to court and it will go on your record. But with the private companies, Natasha, stop. <laughs> hey, my tongue. Ah, what's whatever next? Um cash up you know when you cash up people yeah i think it doesn't say the name 
of who you've cash apped people to. So that's why you find that like a lot of guys will want to use cash app because it covers the trail. So if say you wanted to send me money, college, and you didn't want mm. to cause arguments in your home, well, cash app is the way statements. To do it. Why is Natasha receiving this? It just oh. cash app. okay. What else? You seem to have a lot of knowledge on these things. Um, only fans mm-hmm. don't because your statement will show that it's only fans. <laughs> <laughs> you have knowledge with this as well. No, I read. I read. You read in those famous books. Always reading. Asazi, sure, Natasha. Yeah. Okay. This was absolutely a very bad start to the episode that we're looking to have, which is supposed to be a serious episode. But um, anyway. yeah. But anyway. Um. Yeah, guys. Uh, check out our previous episode, which is, which was titled "Oops." Oops, where we talked about, um, you know, allegedly a, a paternity fraud. Talked about during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, guys, uh, Patreon guys, uh, your episode was out last week, so check Patreon um, for a link to that where we had a juicy conversation. Um, don't forget, you guys can support us on Patreon as well. It is one of the ways that we are um, making our podcast sustainable. So Patreon, we've got exclusive content, you know, a little bit more juicy, like a little bit more, hey, guans, guans. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, before I get into it, what, is there anything, what have you been reading, what's going on, anything on your... What have I been reading? I haven't actually, um, I in and out read Barack's book, um, A Promised Land, and I just recently acquired Oprah, it's not Oprah's book, you know that one where she is like the co-author? What is the name? Something about recognizing your traumas and blah, blah, blah. I, to- I promised myself that I wasn't going to read such books because I don't want things that trigger me, but I want things that will help me at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, I forgot what it's called. Let me see if it's come up on my, on my library. No, not yet, because it was a preview. And I finished Somebody Give This Heart a Pen by Sophia Thackrell, which is poetry, which is really good. But yeah, I'll feedback once I have finished that one. Have you finished A Promised Land? No, not yet. Not yet. Because I've been listening to it on Audible. So mm-hmm. I normally listen to it when I'm like doing walks and stuff. But, um, but yeah. no, I just haven't got back into it. Yeah, same, 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 same. Yeah, now I'll let you know. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so on to the politics segment. So a few weeks back, um, we mentioned Mozambique and what was happening there um, with some of the um, insurgency attacks um, and people losing their lives. So just wanted to take some time to go over uh, this, this again. Yeah. Um, so 
what I really wanted to have a conversation about was what's happening in Mozambique um, and also just also just what a little bit of about what I've been reading on. Um, there's been talks about SADC intervening yeah. um, and different countries intervening, including Zimbabwe as well. Um, so, so just like a bit of background. Um, so who's attacking Mozambique? So apparently um, the main insurgent faction is uh, one called Ansa al-Suna, a native extremist faction with a tenuous internet with tenuous international connections, right? Um, so apparently from mid-2018, uh, the Islamic State of Iraq um, and ISIL have allegedly become active in northern Mozambique as well and claimed its first attack against Mozambican security forces in June 2019. Um, in the previous episode, a few episodes back, I remember we we're talking about the attack on um, a place called Palma in Mozambique. Um, so I've kind of been, I think what kind of piqued my interest was, okay, the whole talk about, oh, Sadak intervening and military and just like, oh my God, okay, this sounds quite very reminiscent of DRC. You remember yes. like when Zimbabwe forces went to DRC, the, yes. the, the cost in terms of lives, the cost mm -hmm. in terms of just, you know, financial um, and just the disruption to that region. So I came across an interesting article um, on friends of the from on friends of the earth uh, UK. And um, so I'll just kind of like read a little bit of what it said. It, um, so this particular article says um, that, you know, in the past couple of weeks, we've seen some horrifying news emerge from Mozambique. Um, killings, beheadings, <clears throat> and entire communities fleeing the coastal region of Capo Delgado. Um, shockingly, this has been going on for some time. Um, armed groups have been terrorizing civilians since 2017. And then the question is, why is this happening, right? Because the headlines, you know, like I've seen on BBC, on Sky, it's just like, oh, these terrorists, this Islamic terrorist in northern Mozambique, you know, there needs to be intervention. There's all this thing, humanitarian, and it's just like, okay, just geographically thinking, right, of where Mozambique is. Mm. Like, Islamic terrorist, like, it just, I'm, I'm just like, this is a bit, you know, okay. So this, this article, and then I'll share with you a conversation that 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 I was a part of this weekend. Um, so it, it just said, oh, like the the world, you know, there's there's certain parts, certain entities in the world, including also the Mozambican government, wants the world to believe that the violence is simply a case of foreign Islamist terrorists. Um, but the issue is not that simple, yeah. right? Yeah. As, as I thought that, that the issue is not that simple, Mozambique, so to set the scene, Mozambique is one of the poorest countries in the world and still recovering from a blood, bloody civil war. And, and I know that because years back, my mom used to work in Mozambique for Oxfam 
And mm-hmm. I remember like even going like the the poverty in Mozambique. Obviously, you get like your Maputo and like the tourist areas that are. But then like just the, the poverty was just like not comparable to Zim, right? Um, and um, so apparently uh, this is where I was like, Mm-mm. so vast quantities of natural gas were discovered off the coast of Cabo Delgado in 2010, mm. right? Um, and then the region became focus of energy giants, <clears throat> Um, and all that stuff. So you had companies like Total that descended on <clears throat> on Mozambique. Um, so, and then it just goes on to say that, you know, although foreign investment is seen as a good thing, in theory, as we know, like the investment, in theory, the investment should help the local community as well, right? Um, but that has not been the case. So the promises of new jobs provided by the industry were not met. And instead, many families were displaced from places because when they were doing the oil and gas exploration, right? What does that cause? It causes resentment. So you have people where there's high unemployment, there's high poverty. Um, They're seeing their local places. They're seeing foreign investors being prioritized over them, coming to regions and there is then resentment, not to negate the fact that, yes, there could be this element of Islamic terrorists. And again, apologies, this is what like BBC and whatever are saying, but I, I don't know if that is, I, I, I don't know if that's the right term, because I feel like it's sort of like painting a broad brush on a particular religion. I've never liked it, right? But I'm just saying this for a lack of a better term. Um, and yeah, so th- th- this whole thing, right, is, um, you know, there's been impact on the, 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 the climate and whatever. And I think the bigger story here is that there, there are elements of groups that are coming together to make certain places ungovernable because they don't want foreign investors there and all that stuff. Yes, there has been loss of life and that should be condemned fully, right? But then what has been clear to me is that a lot of people that are commenting on this and then there's talk about static intervention. It's like, okay, the key thing is, do we understand what the problem is? So then over the weekend, two weekends ago now, because we're (laughs) pre-recording, I was in a room on on Clubhouse, right? So there's this club called Sadak Unites, and they talk about issues that are topical in Sadak. And the title of that room was, um, you know, sort of like standing in solidarity with the Mozambican crisis or whatever, right? So there were a lot of people and, you know, a lot of Zimbabweans, a lot of Zambians, South Africans like talking. And we immediately were like, where are the Mozambican voices? right yeah because we're talking about all this static intervening but we're not hearing Mozambican voices and then there's a lady who joined um her name is is Selma who's from Mozambique she's uh currently outside of Mozambique and it was just so interesting hearing her reflections right so this is what she said she was like first of all like you know it's 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 great to see people 
you know, interested in talking about Mozambique, but then we need to take a step back and really like identify what crisis are we talking about? Because she said that even in, she said in Mozambique, the way Mozambicans relate to Mozambique is quite different in the sense that more people are more patriotic to their provinces, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's not a case of, oh, I'm Mozambican. It's like, I am from this region and, and, mm. and that region. And because of, you know, so apparently like the northern part of Mozambique is, is just so geographically, I mean, far from Maputo. And also uh, for whatever reason, it is, it, 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 it's, it's not in sync with the rest of the country. So even people in Mozambique don't know what is happening in the northern part of Mozambique. And then she made a good point, the same point that this article is making, that it is not a simple issue. It is a complex issue. And there was someone else in the room um, who said that before 2010, when they used to go to Mozambique, things were cheap, right? But as soon as we now had all these foreign investors and everything, like prices went up. So yeah. what does it mean for locals? You know, you can, you can just imagine, you can see that how that, that just uh, causes a bit of instability, right? Um, so I just thought it was interesting. And then another thing that the lady said was the big thing that's happening in Mozambique is the climate crisis, right? Mm -hmm. Because of where Mozambique is based, like near the coast, like there is a serious climate crisis which really links into this article from the 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 the, the, the friends of friends of the earth um that say that they, there's you know it's, it's a green issue right so i just thought that was so interesting just to kind of really sort of have that and another thing that she said was um mozambique i think it was say it's it, it always feels like it doesn't fit it, 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 it doesn't sink in and align very seamlessly with its neighbors because there's a um, language difference, cultural difference. So she was saying like Mozambicans sort of like align more with Angolans because yeah. the shared culture, shared yeah. whatever, whatever. So I just thought that was an interesting one because that this, oh, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because I, I, I did a bit of reading and um, so what I found, what I found, what interested me, yes, there's a lot of, I think you've said there's a lot of issues around um, around what's going on in Mozambique right now and it's very multifaceted. But what for me drew my attention was like what you have said is that it's rich in, it's one of the poorest countries, but it is so rich in all these natural resources and it to total, what did you say? Total, total, um, which is a French uh, French company, has recently like invested like twenty. It's a twenty billion dollar gas project in um, how do you say it? Palma? Is how it Capo, del Capo Delgado? That one, Capo Delgado. So, and then I think so. What I what I was interested in was like okay so all this has been happening like they have been doing their um their work for some time now and i think since january 
they had stopped and then they picked up again in March, but then there was all these um, attacks. Then they were like, oh, this is um, again, insurgent attacks from, the, from that group that you have, you have mentioned. But also, what was also interesting was that there's claims that these IS attacks are not actually from that particular region and that they were from, I wrote it down. Anyway, that they were not, that that they took that people took pictures of these um, the terrorists as you would call them traveling down from one region to another, but they were not exactly in that region. And they've identified Uti, these the the group. What is the group? What's the group name again? Sorry, Al Shab Al something. Yeah, I'll I'll need to. So that that group has got ways in which they kind of operate. And that is not the same way that they're operating now. So is it that the international community is wanting um, attention to Mozambique saying that yes, there's a rise in insurgent attacks because they really just want to go back to doing what's their, getting back to their oil, oil business, which is generating a hell of a lot of money and yet not benefiting the people who are actually on the ground. So it's just, I found that really interesting and there is also a food crisis in, in Mozambique, which has been going on for some time now. And what I found also interesting was that Itotal has been, um, so when they're operating the food, there's, a, there's food um, availability because they've worked out an agreement with the government to kind of uh, increase food supplies to, the, to, the, to that particular town. And also, not only is there food, but the food prices are halved. So in essence, it's like you're making 20 billion, but what the community is getting is 20, 20 I don't know what, what currency they use in Mozambique, but 20, I don't know, say a dollar for bread instead of paying $2 for bread. So you can understand that, you know, on a wider scale, that is definitely not right. You can't be benefiting on such a wide scale, 20 billion, and giving somebody pittance of, for food. So I can understand where that resentment is coming from as well. And, and also, I'm sorry, it, it, thank you very much for the food, Mr. Total, but you know, give me, give me, give me work, right? Um, for, I mean, sorry, like this, this is, it's not acceptable, mm. you know, give people jobs, give people um, projects, make sure that um, your suppliers, your included local suppliers as well yes. for different Absolutely. things, uh, local should, farmers. Yeah, it so, should benefit the people on the ground, not just by giving them a food donation. Yes, food is, food is important. I'm an advocate for food, but give these people what they rightfully deserve as well like you are on their land what you do should benefit them right and i give you like they were saying that they're building um total was developing its own wall compound with an airstrip this just goes to tell you just how much money these guys are making they're freaking building an airstrip so that they can be landing taking off and if they're doing that like, I'm just thinking there's an element of connections with the government that you're actually making um, 
you know, that you're able to, to, to do that so that you're actually landing in and out of the country whenever you want. And this is to bring it closer to home. It's like, where did that 15 billion go? You know, like, where is that money, guys? We are still missing that money. And this is the same thing that's happening in Mozambique. And it's an absolute, absolute shame. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And it kind of made me think of, so, um, it, you know, like it's the whole, like, the, 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 the different countries that have colonized Africa, right? I don't think it's a mistake that if you, if you look at fr former French colonies, former British colonies, former Portuguese colonies, right portugal colonies they seem to be the same kind of issues that are affecting because i'm like you know angola has been sort of unstable for a, a, a while right there were the land yeah. issues in angola so it it's listen i'm just thinking out aloud allegedly i don't know but it makes you think like what is really going on you know because we do know that um, you know, th there was this case that was widely, well, it wasn't really, it was a story, but then it was ha all hushed out in the press. Margaret Thatcher's son, I forget his name, was involved in an incident where in Zimbabwe, in Zimbabwe, they arrested them when they were, they, Zimbabwe intercepted, they were going to sort of try to go and do a coup in, I forget what country it was. Yeah, I've forgotten where they were, but I remember that they were intercepted and they had to be airlifted out or something. Was it not in a, where were, I've forgotten. Because they, they, they went to, to jail in Zim, right? No. Um, in, in Zimbabwe. And then I think they were extradited to that country, but I know that Britain and everything, they kind of intervened. But those, you know, th that is one example the what that we know oh it's mark thatcher mm. mark thatcher and um yeah yeah i mean i i i, I kind of remember when allegedly um long back i remember someone who knew someone who used to work for him mm. because they used to live in south africa and um, they, they got like a helper to move with them to the UK. And apparently, um, but anyway, let me know. Yeah, so, so, so that helper was kind of spilling the beans. So we know yeah. that these things happen, right? Mm. Where there is a concerted effort to destabilize governments um, so that when there's chaos, because when there's chaos, there's opportunity for other people. Oh, absolutely. So thrive. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just think the Mozambican story is 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 just an interesting one. Obviously, it makes it a little bit harder in, just in terms of the language. Um, I remember I put on social media, I was like, oh, can somebody link me to Mozambican Twitter? Um, and then somebody tagged um, Samira, who is, um, she's, she's, she's a journalist that looks at like African issues. Mm -hmm. Um, stuff then she tagged uh, quite a few people that I've followed but some of them like tweeting Portuguese um, some of them don't but I think the key thing for me was just kind of like okay we, we we need to really do our own investigative 
like yeah absolutely <laughs> journalism almost not to say intervention is not necessary but you know I think it's interesting. I think we have to know the agenda. Like, what agenda are you pushing? And like I said, I didn't, I didn't, um, I just did a brief search and that was what caught me. That's what caught my eye. There's a lot of other things that are happening. There's the, like you said, the humanitarian issue of people being displaced. There's the people dying. There's a lot of those issues that are underlying. Um, there's the poverty, there's all these other socioeconomic issues. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to see, you know, if all these um, reports are being driven by somebody who's pushing their own agenda. So e.g. somebody who's due to make quite a bit of money from this, you know. Um, so, but yes, it's important to have the full story, to have the full context of what's happening. Um, to know what exactly is going on on the, on the ground. So it'll be interesting. And also, you know, one, one other interesting thing that I read because I was like literally in a, in a bit of a rabbit hole. So, you know, like um, in Cabo Delgado, there is, and I hope I'm saying that right. There was, um, after all these insurgent attacks, they were saying that rebuilding and rebuilding the infrastructure was going to um, cost over 113 million. And I don't know if this $130 million, I don't know what currency, whether that's, I don't know what currency they're using in, in, in Mozambique. But in the same breath, not a single bit of the total site was touched. Um, so with all this damage that was done, the total site was left touched, was left untouched, sorry. So there's just like, I'm like, I'm really interested to see like who is pushing whose agenda in this, in this respect. So definitely want to keep an eye on in the, in the coming few weeks. Yeah. want to keep an eye on. <laughs> uh, this is what happens when you're recording late and you can't get your words right. Um, but yes, I, guys, please uh, forward this to any Mozambican contacts that you have. Really, really interested in speaking to people who live in Mozambique um, or, or are Mozambican. So it does, you don't have to yeah, be come on to the podcast. Yeah. And um, yeah, just really, really, really keen to, 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 to get firsthand. And even maybe if you're wherever, but you, you have close links with Mozambique or you've worked there or lived there. Um, just really, really want to, because I think we tend to, when we speak, like normally we'll speak about South Africa and whatever, just because, yeah, it's we're just culturally more closer to them. But I'm interested. But yeah, so just just turning slightly, just quickly before we, we, we close off. Um, another thing that like, I was thinking like with Mozambique, like I definitely want to go there to visit because mm -hmm. I've seen some people like going there on vacations, vacations and all that stuff. And it looks really, really cute. Um, would you want to go to? Yeah, 100%. Like I know there there's close proximity with Cape Town and Mozambique. So I think the border is um, 
is quite doable, like if you're in Cape Town. So it was something that I had thought about. Um, I had considered going to I considered going um, to Mozambique when I was I traveled next to to South to South Africa, and then they had the they had the floods as well. Um, what what was you know that thing that affected it was it it wasn't just floods. I think it was quite a a big thing. So then obviously it's really put plans in 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 it derailed plans because you're like you know how can you you know where or how how does that even work like you know those people are those people who are, are not don't have anywhere to stay and you're going there wanting to parade by the beach so you know there was that aspect but yeah i would i would definitely love to see mozambique um when it's a little bit more stable hopefully we'll get to that stage yeah, no, I, I would too, like, I've seen people in, um, the, there's pictures that I've seen, like, is it Beira Island? Like, I'm like, yes, like, I definitely want to go. Um, and, you know, I'm on this whole, like, we need to support, I don't know what you call it, right? So I have a thing where I'm like, in terms of tourism, obviously, there are all these easy places to go to, Um you know, your Europe and all that stuff. But actually, what if we were to use our monies to help support and bolster up um, economies of developing countries? So I'm thinking like Haiti is on my list. Like, ah, oh, I want to go to Haiti so, so bad. Oh, really? Mm. Never. I don't know why. Um I never thought about it. That's, that 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 would be quite an interesting. There's quite a lot of history with with Haiti, I suppose. Um, I I have to say, for me, Africa is at the heart of my of places that I want to I want to go to. Um, I really want to explore more of Africa and just and just be in that place where you know you don't stick out like a sore thumb you don't you fit in you know it's only up until you open your mouth that somebody would recognize it to you you know what you're not from oh you're not from here yeah i'm not but um i love that blending in with with people and that's and you know not that you wouldn't blend in with with the haitians i'm sure you would um but i i am definitely more for places that have got culture that have got a little bit more um, a little bit more depth to them. I'm really done with with Europe because I feel like you've gone to one place, you've seen it all. You know, I feel like I've been to Paris, I've been to France, Prague, all those other places. But I really find I enjoy myself a lot more when I am when I touch or my foot is on the African soil. So, 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 so where where have you been in Africa? So I've only been to Kenya and Ghana, obviously Botswana as well, um, or, but not on holiday. Not, I don't know if you can say it on holiday because we had family who lived in Botswana. So we used to go to Botswana quite a bit, um, but not um, to kind of explore all those pla those other places. So Part of Botswana? What's the place close? What's the place just after Khaveron? But there's a place, there's another place that's, oh, I forget. The one that's really, really closer to the border. 
forgotten yeah. as well. So how was yeah. how was how was how was Gabs? Gabs, Gamma. No, uh, how were oh, Gabs? It was good, but like I'm saying, it, I I wouldn't really count it as a place that I've been because. I, in order for me to kind of say, I'm going to visit a place, I want to do my own research, but we went there as a family, we used to go there as family. So it was, it was nice, I suppose, but you don't really get to explore. You don't really get to see much of the place apart from what the people are showing you. Do you know what I mean? And that's always on the beaten track. So you want to go off the beaten track to really get the depth of where, of what the place is, what it has to offer, you know, instead of just staying on the touristy paths. Do you see what I mean? I like to go off radar and just literally go to the places where people don't want, don't want to go, because I think those are the fun places. Those, those are the places that you want to be linking in with, you know, see how people really live. So, so what does off the beaten track mean? This is the first time I've heard that term. So off tourist areas. So for example, if you had to go to America or go to New York, so you'd want to go to the New York, to the state's empire building or the statue, whatever it is. So those are just very touristy. Those are things I should find on the Lonely Planet book. So off the beaten track is like, okay, so what else is there besides all these places where tourists go to, where tourists flock to? And you find that there's a lot more, you have a lot more fun there than you do on the beaten track ah i get that um okay so what about ghana i loved ghana so much um did i love it more than kenya i don't know i think they're different places but i loved ghana oh my god so ghana i went there for i went there after christmas into new year one day so new year's over there it was such fun the people so friendly the food is divine. Um, but, you know, you could literally, and what I'm saying, like, when you could actually feel that you, 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 you don't stick out, like you're just a part of the people. You just, you walk the streets, you're like everybody else because nobody's going to think that you are, you're different or that you're not from there or think that you're, are you a tourist? Up until you open your mouth and ask a question, you know, how do I get to this place? or um, you know, or you, or you speak and your accent is different. But otherwise, people just don't care about you. They don't give you a second look, you know, unless, of course, you know, you're, unless, of course, you know, you're just, you're in a group of, 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 of young people who are then like, oh, you know, what's happening kind of thing. But I really enjoyed Ghana. I loved Ghana so much. I, I loved it that much that I would, is one of the places I would go back and even go back to the same places that I'd gone to. Um, and obviously there's the whole history with um, Cape Coast, the Slave Coast. Um, and um, so there's that side of things as well. So you get in touch with the whole slave trade, how people were treated and get to see it firsthand and actually walk the grounds where, where they walked, see like the, have the conditions that they lived in be in that. So it kind of really makes you appreciate history as well. Um, it makes you, yeah, it just makes you really appreciative of just of where we've been, to be honest, and 
those who have walked before us. So I love that. And then Kenya, on the other hand, Kenya was also, Kenya was fun in a different sort of way because with Kenya, you, so Ikana, even though it's also on the coast, you'd find that the beach and everything wasn't, or the places that we went to. So again, off the beaten track, the beach, you couldn't actually go and jump into the pool. You know, you had to go to certain beaches, but some places that we went to, there was just literally people living there on like, um, so if you had fishermen villages and stuff, um, but Kenya on the other side. So we went on the beaten track. So the girl I was with at that time, we stayed at a hotel, a nice hotel by the beach. Um, and, you know, we got to enjoy that culture as well. We got to enjoy like being, being pampered, so to speak, by um, like, you know, being in that hotel environment, being served and stuff like that. Whereas in Ghana, we were just living in a, what is it called? Like a, a Airbnb kind of thing, which wasn't um, very expensive. It was more like a friendly family kind of environment. So you had, um, yeah, so it was just different. It was different. But I think the thing that I enjoyed the most was just, just blending in with people. I remember going to like, I think it was Cambodia or Thailand years ago and I remember it was a time it was up so it was about 2008 and it was a time when Michelle Obama and Barack were hitting the the tv scenes tv scenes and these kids would run around me saying oh you you look like Michelle Obama because I was like oh my goodness these kids probably haven't seen another black person um like you know another woman and they're like saying oh you look like michelle obama i look nothing like michelle obama so do you see what i mean so that was the the main difference mm. and then like i'm just interested because I've, I've i've never been to to those places and i would love to go like were there any similarities with zimbabwe for example maybe that you saw in ghana or kenya something that it wouldn't be sort of obvious that you're like oh my god we also have this or yeah or is this or, or are there things two questions similarities and then also are there things that kind of made you appreciate Zimbabwe more and be like oh actually um similarities I don't know do you know I think because I felt like at home it was only when the time when we're eating or when we're con having conversations with people that you'd realize that you're in a different space. The people are so friendly, like they're so welcoming, they're so eager to help. They're so, you know, so there are people who go out of their way. And I think I find that even with Ghanaians here that I meet in London or wherever, I find that they are just always so accommodating. They're always willing to, to go the extra mile. And that reminds me a lot of Zimbabweans because or does it yeah i think so yeah. i think that way you would stop you could stop someone on the street and ask them which oh you know what where is this place and then somebody would be like ah oh, okay you know what it's there you're gonna left lapa you know do you know what i mean they'll go into that detailed um they, they they want to help you people want to help um whereas in south africa you'd be wondering this person leading me to a den so i always have that um, and I think because I'm just not streetwise. So you don't need to be 
that's streetwise in 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 Ghana or Kenya. So that was what I I think I appreciated about it. Kenya is a little bit more, or it was at that time. I think you needed to have an element of streetwiseness. Um, you know, you, you don't just take people's word for it. But what I found with Ghana was that you know if somebody said that this was it, you know, and we just met so, such amazing people who would be like, uh, I remember we went to got our, get got our hair braided, Lorambi, and it was late at night. And this lady was like, oh, you know what? I'll take you because I live I live not too far from Osu, so I'll take you. So off we went into <laughs> into her car and in the middle of the night and drove off oh into the pitch darkness. You wouldn't do that um, in South Africa. What? Hell no. In fact, I don't know if you'd even do that in Zim, to be honest. Um, but that's just the kind of relaxation that you felt. You felt just at ease. And then the difference is, I suppose, it comes to food. You know, the food is just different. They are coastal, so there's a lot of fish. Um, you know, and then there's the language. And then the way they have, like, I think I remember this. They had this day, I think it was Friday, where this national dress day so that everybody who can is wearing their national gear you know so I guess that was a, a difference as well um because everybody participates in it well all the women participated in it and what else um and I think I, I at that time I was very single my poor my poor guy listening to this is going to have a heart attack but the guys were also very much approachable like they were uh, they would they were very vocal, like, you know, about, oh, hey, you know, what's happening with you? And, you know, meeting also the diasporans um, from, like, you know, from America, from from UK, wherever, you also find that there's that sense of home, like these people really wanted to come back home and build, you know, build roots with, with where they were from. So I found that quite, quite nice as well. But yeah. So yeah, more to tourism in, in Africa for me, for sure. Like I'd love to visit Tanzania, Tanzania, for sure. And it's interesting, you know, like that, there's the Egypt or Egypt, like I've been to Morocco as well, but that's, it never for me feels like it's yeah. like, it feels, it feels African, not much, you know, because yeah. it's just like in a completely different culture, the way they treat, um, they treat their women. Um, the food is different. It's just, and obviously the language again, is mm. a massive difference, but yeah. Cool. No, I would love to go to the Gambia. Like, mm. <laughs> yes. People say it's beautiful. So <laughs> yeah, what, do you, what do you think? What is beautiful about it? Well, apparently, like they say, like the beaches are beautiful, like the food and everything. The people. Mm. And you know, like uh, Gambia is on the list, it's, it's high on the list for British tourists. We'll say no more. For we'll other people. unsavory reasons. We'll leave, <laughs> we'll leave people to their own imagination for that one. Yeah, so apparently, yeah. People, people during the pandemic were like, Forget France. When am I going to the Gambia? <laughs> I don't care about France. You need to go in. You need to go in and research for us and see what it is. I don't care about Spain. I want the Gambia, mate. And it's beautiful as well. Like you know, guys. I mean, I think for us, especially here in in UK, London, 
it's not it's, it's tickets are so affordable you know to go there um and, and to go to places in africa as well like and also i think we had this discussion about the expense of it as well but you know you don't you, you don't necessarily need to go home as well because i always find that going home going to zim is such a bank breaker 100 because by the time you finish buying your tickets time to finish buying stuff for people at home and stuff and because you need to go via somewhere like i tend to go via south africa so i've got family there so you need to buy them stuff then carry the stuff and then oh my goodness that's flight from south africa to zimbabwe which costs literally a flight from here to gambia do you know what i mean so i think it's definitely something something doable and there's all these other groups so i joined this group ages ago um and interesting enough they sent an email yesterday um called black voyages so they look for uh, people who are you know what we're talking about it you can plan something plan a trip with four people then by two weeks before it's just you yeah. so it's just people who are solo travelers who then go on into a, a part of a larger group so all black people and go into areas like you know so you go to different countries so you could go to I think they're going to Tanzania first and it's like nearly 2,000 something odd pounds for your travel and for your accommodation. So that is what would put me off going to these things because I feel like you can cut the cost by booking your own travel, by booking your own accommodation. But I guess what you get from that is that you're not alone in an area that you don't, you don't particularly know. Mm. And they probably have activities and stuff. No, yeah. that sounds interesting. Yeah. I would be interested in that Bl black what voyages mm, I'll, I'll check it out yeah you should i'll check it out no like that, that and and i think just the last point on the cost thing is that i think it's the intercontinental travel that i sort of struggle with so like if you're in zim now wanting to go to gambia or whatever is oh so costly I, I and I understand what you're saying that maybe if you're in the UK you can travel you don't have to be going to Zim but the reality is I think it's one of the barriers that um if 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 cost was not an issue of course you'd go to Zim then go to you know five other countries just same way in Europe right you go to one part of Europe and you go to five other countries. But yeah, so there's definitely, I think, I really hope that, you know, in the next few years, there's something that's done to really make the continent more connected in terms of just travel and just increasing the demand. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Yes, yes, yes. But anyway, let us sign out. Um, Goli, where can people find you on social media? Uh, I am at Malaika Diva on Twitter. Lovely, guys. And follow us on all our pages, Girl in Skies. Yes. Girl in Skies podcast. Yes, 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 yes. Girl in Skies, Girl in Skies, Girl in Skies, Girl in Skies. And thank you, thank you so much. L let us know like um, about the Mozambique thing. And also let us know, um, you know, if you live in um, other parts of the African continent. Uh, that no, you think 
Huh? Can we visit? Exactly. Please, please let us know. Let us know. Like, can you just tweet us at Galen's Guys or, you know, on Instagram, just tag us or put in the comments. Um, just let us know the, the other places that you've visited in the African continent or maybe where you live um, that you think are slept on and people don't talk about enough. Yes. And this is the last time I'm recording so late. I'm so tired. <laughs> I know. I am... We have recorded two episodes. Oh, God. I'm tired. It is 11 p.m. But whew, I hope when you guys listen, it sounds as if we recorded at 9 a.m. Amen to that. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye.